Richard, are you there? I'm here. Do you want to talk about Kimmy? Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to a view from the couch, guys. I'm Rich Davenport. I'm Jen. And we are here to talk about the movie Kimmy. So buckle up. If you haven't seen this movie yet, we are going to spoil the crap out of it, just so you know. Heads up. Jen, did you have any idea that this movie was coming out? Nope. This is another one of those ones that just popped up on HBO Max all of a sudden out of the middle of nowhere. And, oh, hey, this movie happened, I guess. Right. Right. You know, in the last two years, movie releases have been so awkward and strange for the most part that I just I feel like I haven't been able to keep up properly, you know. So, well, and there's so many delays. Yeah. And then then there's stuff that you know, it was supposed to be released a couple of years ago and then all of a sudden it's drop. you know, they're just going to drop it. And yeah. It, I, yeah. It's hard to keep up with everything. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Again, I hadn't seen anything about it either. So it was, it, it popped up, the trailer popped up, we watched it and I thought, Oh, that's cool. And uh, then it, it showed up on HBO max. So, Hey, cool. It, and it just, it just came out a couple of months ago too, right? It was it February. I think that it showed up. So it's relatively new. It's, if you have, I think so. Yeah, it, I don't think it's been out very long. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, tell everybody who created this movie, who stars in it. Let's uh, let's jump in. All right. This movie was directed by Steven Soderbergh okay. and written by David Kep. We have a fairly small cast because this was filmed during pandemic times. Yeah. So we have Zoe Kravitz as Angela Childs. Mm-hmm. Byron Bowers as Terry Hughes. Yeah. Rita Wilson as Natalie Chowdhury. That's Evan. That's Rita Wilson. Yeah. That's Tom Hanks's wife. Yeah. I did not know that. What? You didn't, didn't know that? Realize, I didn't realize that's who that was. I didn't realize. I, I guess I didn't. I don't know her from many things. I guess I don't. I don't either, but I recognized her right away. I didn't recognize her. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, sorry. <laughs> All right, and then we have Devin Retray as Kevin and Betsy Brantley as the voice of Kimmy. The voice of Kimmy. Now, this movie, basically, the, the, the plot device here is that it is the, what do you call them? Like the Google devices or the Amazon devices or the Apple devices. By the way, we have a thunderstorm going on at our in our area right now. So if you hear any thunder in the background, it is not a special effect. This is real life, guys. <laughs> Hopefully we don't lose power in the middle of this, huh? That would be weird. Yeah, we'd have to start over. That'd yeah, be a bummer. We would. we would. They would. All right. So it, Kimmy is a, an automated assistant, right? It's a device that does music and controls your house and stuff like that just like your amazon devices and i'm saying amazon devices instead of the wake word because i've got one sitting right here and i don't need it talking on the uh, on the show that would be weird so and they yeah. even mentioned that that's compared to those devices so it's just another right. new device right right similar to the other ones yeah yeah so we start out with kind of a weird like little thing that we don't really touch back on for quite a while. It is the CEO of a tech corporation named Amygdala, by the way, which is fun. I like that. I like that they named it Amygdala. He is giving an interview about, about Kimmy and they're going to do like an IPO on it. And the, they're going to make, basically make a fortune on it. Right. So, which kind of gives 
it kind of gives them a reason to want to kind of hide what's going to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. So Angela Childs, Zoe Kravitz's character is an employee of Amygdala. She lives in Seattle and this was, as I understand it, shot in Seattle. Is that correct? The, the outside scenes were shot oh, in Seattle. Stuff. Interior okay. was shot in LA is my understanding. Okay. Soundstage stuff. Okay. All right. So she works from home. And she, what she does is she monitors data streams that come in from various Kimmy devices and like corrects the language. So if Kimmy doesn't understand anything uh, or something, then, then Angela goes in and fixes it and like fixes the code basically for these Kimmy devices. That sounds like a horribly boring job. I don't know. I thought it was cool. I mean... I, I don't know. I would get bored doing this. I thought that but... was super rad. <laughs> like, you know, I, I honestly thought, you know what? I bet you Richard would be good at that job. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I really loved about that whole thing, like they show a couple of times where when she's doing her work, they she, she puts on headphones to listen mm-hmm. and the sound field completely drops out. It, everything outside of the 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 actual stream is gone. It's just the stream. That's all you can hear. And I love that. I really enjoyed that, that focus. It kind of, it implied her focus on her work, but it also implied or not implied, but it also like focused the, the audience on what was going on. Right. Mm -hmm. What did you think of that, that effect, that, that whole put on the headphones and all of a sudden everything else is quiet. Like there's no other sound, no music, no ambient noise or anything. I mean, I thought it was a cool effect. I, I I feel like I was expecting it to pay off in a different way by the end of it, but it just, oh. it was just part of the show. So it, it was fine. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, sure. So we learn in a couple of different like phone calls with her mom and a couple other people that she suffers from agoraphobia. So she, the way that we find out that she's agoraphobic is that she, it makes a date to go meet Terry, her neighbor who she's romantically involved with for a, an egg sandwich or an egg thing. She calls it an egg thing at the truck, which is a food truck, which is right in front of their, right in front of their building or between their buildings, I guess. And uh, she can't make it out of the house. She has an anxiety attack. So obviously the audience puts two and two together. She's agoraphobic. We learn later that that is from a previous assault, whether that assault was a sexual assault or not is not made clear. We do know, however, she implies that it was because at one point she's going to say, I have some, I have a little bit of experience in this or something along those lines when she's, when she thinks, when she thinks that what she finds is a sexual assault. So, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So one day, speaking of that, she, she's working, she hears a recording that appears to capture a violent assault by a man named Brad. Now, oddly enough, Brad is also the name of the CEO, the guy that uh, was doing the interview at the beginning of the movie. Which we and, find that out later. Right. Yes, we find that out later. She basically accesses the information of the account holder by like a backdoor code that she gets from some dude in like Slovakia or something like that and finds out that there's a woman named Samantha and she gets that actual recording, but she also gets another recording that sounds like a murder. And right. So my question with this whole thing, how'd she get that first recording or why was it triggered as an error thing that went to her? That I don't know. Because it sounded like just music playing. 
in there. Right. So it seemed weird that it would trigger to it going to the error section of the company to be looked at. Right. But it also has some talking on it. So it could be a thing where like Kimmy didn't respond to it. So they're like, Oh, there's talking. It didn't respond. We need to decipher it and figure out why she didn't respond and then fix that. So I, I guess I just kind of took that as that's why, because the the device didn't respond. Okay. Also, they said that the recording started after you say the word Kimmy. However, you hear in the recordings, the people saying the word Kimmy. Right. Yeah. Wait, you so said that it, actually, they said you said that it, the recordings start after they say the word Kimmy. Right. Right. Because that guy said that at the beginning, didn't he, when he was doing the interview? I don't know. They were talking about the that's an interesting you know, how detail, it was listening. Yeah. How it was listening. And I think the reporter commented about like, you know, isn't that. I don't remember how she said it, but anyways, kind of basically an invasion of privacy type thing. But then he was saying, no, it only records once you use the word Kimmy. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. But when you're listening to the recordings, you do hear them say Kimmy. Yeah, they do say Kimmy at the beginning. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I, I, not I, a huge thing. I, I don't think it comes into play anywhere. I just thought, well, well, maybe they are listening all the time. <laughs> See, that would support your uh, your <laughs> thought process that, that they are always listening. They are always listening. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to share with our listeners your conspiracy theory about the uh, about the phones and the and the devices? No, it's just my theory is they listen to you. They I feel like it just seems weird that sometimes when you go do auto searches on things and the other day something happened i was talking to my daughter about something something mm-hmm. really random something very weird yeah and guess what one of the videos was that popped up in my facebook feed it was an ad for something like this and it was <laughs> something bizarre that i've never searched before i've never done anything and that's why that's why i feel like I feel like it's listening because it picks up stuff that I'm not searching for or saying right. or, or, or right. that I'm not like talking about when I'm typing in. Okay. So I give you a lot of crap about this because I think it's fun, but it would not <laughs> surprise me in the least to find out that these corporate fucks are, you know, storing your information or stealing your information and using it to advertise more crap to you so that you'll buy into the system more. Now I'm not so like into this that I don't have these devices. We have (laughs) four of these devices. I think we've got, We we have these devices we have these smart TVs. We've got the phones. We've got this stuff. <laughs> it's not like I'm so freaked out that I'm not. We're, we don't have this, but I I think they're listening. <laughs> it doesn't bother you enough, right? That you're like, oh, well, whatever. I, hey, you know what? We are kind of boring people. If somebody wants to listen in on us, I guess hey, they hold can. On, hold because on, hold on. Don't, don't pitch us as boring people. We want people to listen to the show. We're not when boring we're guys. Home, oh. When we're at home, we you know we watch TV, do puzzles, we read books. It's not not like we have super exciting stuff happening. I mean, I'm also kind of, well, whatever, fine, whatever. <laughs> Just, you know, rude. That's rude, man, but whatever. So, so she does this thing where she, when she hears the second recording, she does this thing where she like, she like, you know, changes the gain and like ups, like different things and downs, you know, pulls down different like parts of the audio. And as like a machine for it. 
she pulls out, yeah, she pulls out like an old time uh, audio mix board and plugs everything into that and then starts like fiddling around with it. And that's when she can pull the actual audio from it. Now that is possible. That can be done. It's not quite the same way that they showed in the movie, but they can do stuff like that. So it is some, it is based in fact, at least a little bit. So when she gets that information, she puts everything on a flash drive and then she calls her superior who tells her that she needs to go to talk to an executive over at Amygdala. But don't but you she, think this is a weird interaction with the supervisor? Like he's just horrified that yeah. she would send this to him. Yes. Right. Like he does. It makes me wonder what is going on with this company. Yeah. He doesn't seem to care that yeah. they may have picked up on a murder. And they actually, this actually has some basis in fact. There was, I did some research. There was in 2019, a situation where Amazon's device <laughs> may, <laughs> may have witnessed an alleged Florida murder. Bum, bum, bum. Oh my God. This guy's name is Adam Richard. Crespo, R-E-E-C-H-A-R-D, not R-I-C-H-A-R-D, Richard, Adam Richard Crespo, charged with murder in connection with the July death of his girlfriend, Sylvia Galva in Hallandale Beach. And what it says is that they have a theory and they're working on, there they were, I don't, I can't find anything additional here, but they believe that his device, which was one of the small speakers, uh, may have been a witness to the crime and they got they got search warrants and everything now there hasn't been an update yet but they are working they're working through those those audio files right now so i think that's where this movie comes from that's interesting because i read about another case that they did have audio recordings from some kind of device but the judge threw it out oh what we're yeah. talking about it. We're talking about an actual witness here. I mean, I know it's not. I it's not. A I, I don't know. Being, I but... thought it was weird, but you know, and huh. that could have maybe been early on when these were first coming out. I don't know. I didn't. I don't remember the date of it. I just. I just caught real quick that something like that had happened. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with this one. Yeah, that you're talking about. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm interested in this whole concept now. The idea that. Well, if a judge is just going to throw crap out, then I guess it doesn't really matter. But really, we've got these creatures or these creatures, these uh, devices that aren't sentient beings that are being witnesses to the stuff. It's like finding security footage, right? Like mm-hmm. the like like video footage of something happening. Are you going to throw that out just because it's on a device and it's not a person that found it? Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know. It? Well, and obviously... You know, the video thing we know holds up in in court for the most part, as long as everything was gotten legally, blah, blah, blah. Right, um, right, right. And who knows? Maybe that was the thing is they considered it not being obtained legally. I don't oh, know. Sure, because somebody didn't consent to their being recorded on an audio thing. That's entirely But you possible. would still. Yeah, I know. See, and I have. Pro- OK, I'm kind of back and forth on that because I feel <laughs> like I feel like if you committed a murder but yet it was picked up, but it was all thrown out because that wasn't legally gotten. It just seems wrong. <laughs> eh, you did something illegal too. So <laughs> I know. I, just like, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. All right. I so, am off topic. That's okay. Back to her. Hey, we, we, when we get off topic, we have good <laughs> conversations though. 
Not that we don't have good conversations. We're on topic too, but you know what I mean? <laughs> so back to her supervisor, that dude is just a POS because he's over there like shouting at his kids the whole time. And <laughs> so like, even, even as she's reporting this to him, I'm thinking to myself, well, he's not worth even talking to at this point. No, but man, whatever. So she's told to go to see this person named Natalie, an executive over at Amygdala. That's Rita Wilson, apparently. Rita Wilson. Yes. I realized that was Rita Wilson, but it's Rita Wilson. So because she's got the agoraphobia, she decides to try and get her over the phone, but she basically has to give up the ghost and go to the office in person. And she's this told I that- find interesting because we see her not go to a dentist for right. an abscess tooth that might kill her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she gets gets the nerve up to go. And I think Zoe Kravitz did great here because yeah. you could, I mean, her walking around out in public, you could, you feel uncomfortable for her because you oh, can yeah. tell she is not feeling okay. Mm-hmm. And she's got like this very focused, like, I'm just going to go do this. So yeah. I, I felt like she did a really good job playing this. Oh yeah, definitely. And she's, she's helped along by the, by the slightly sped up film and like the Dutch angles and all this other stuff that they did with the camera and, mm-hmm. uh, and the way that they shot it and the way that the, and between all of that and her performance, this is a really effective sequence of her like experiencing the agoraphobia, like hitting as she's outside of the safe area of her, her apartment. So she, but they told her that they were going to call the FBI. And when she gets to the office, the lady's like, well, why don't you just, uh, why don't you just tell me what goes, what's going on? And, and then like disappears after she tells her what's going on. And when she's, while she's gone, Angela notices like a couple of guys, like showing up to like come after her. And I got the feeling now we, as the audience are supposed to recognize who they are, but she gets this feeling in her, in like, I'm guessing the pit of her stomach. And that's the way she plays it. That these guys are the guys who did the murder that's on the tape. Right. Because mm-hmm. they are, they are those guys that we see, we see like when she, okay. So they're, I'm going to back up because there is a moment when she is listening to that murder, when she finally dissolves the audio down to just the, the verbal parts or the, the human parts, there is an experience that she has where, and this is another reason why I think that she was like maybe sexually assaulted because there is an element of like assault to this murder besides just the murder part. They don't, they don't rape the woman or anything like that, but like, it's very, no, I was going to say, cause that's a like, totally different incident. The rape right. was different because this right. is premeditated murder. They're going in to do a hit. Right. Yes. They, and, and you, she kind of envisions this. It's, it's kind of overlaid over her in the, in the, uh, in the frame where you're seeing it as you're seeing her reaction at the same time. And so that's how we, as the audience know who these two people are. So when she notices these guys, she runs and tries to like head to the FBI field office, but somehow they're, they're able to like track her every move. Even when her cell phone's off, they can like pop it back on. Cause she realizes it at first and she goes to turn it off and it just pops back on. Yeah. This whole company is a little sketchy. So yeah. the whole eye scan thing, like they, 
scan yeah. everybody's eyes without oh, them yeah, knowing right. about it. Yeah, for her to get um, in the building, they had to have her scan yeah, her eyes. And obviously they know like hitmen who are taking people out. <laughs> yeah. And then they've got this, you know, technical guy who can go looking for him. And now this guy isn't on this company's payroll. He is right. He's like being paid off by these hitmen, but right. I yeah, this they they this know dubious people really sketchy. Yeah, they know dubious people, which, you know, makes you it makes me think of that that movie. I think. God, I think Tom Hanks was in it. That circle movie. I never watched that. that. You, yeah, mm-hmm. you did. We watched it together. Mm. I'm pretty sure we watched All it. Right. This is another I one don't... of those. This is another Magnificent Seven situation. I'm going to say I don't think so, because I really don't <laughs> think I've seen that because I heard it was a bad movie and I don't feel like I ever watched it. That's what you said. I'm pretty sure Magnificent Seven movie. It was bad, so I didn't. It was your brother that said it was bad. Your brother said it was bad, but we watched it Mm. anyway. And then we both. Anyways, but anyhow, it reminds me of that movie. At least, (laughs) at least the evil mega corporation thing reminds me of that movie. So she gets tracked down at like a, at a protest, um, against the against the way that they're handling like the uh, the homeless situation in Seattle. She gets attacked there grabbed and like thrown into a van but like the protesters aren't having any of that crap and they won't let the van leave so they like basically mm-hmm. bully the uh, the attackers into like stopping and she manages to like get out of the van with their help and runs off then so so she runs off and she actually makes it to the fbi field office like plaza and she's getting ready to go in the building and a woman approaches her and is like, hey, oh my gosh, you're here. It's good. That's good. And she gets bumped into by a guy with an umbrella and then she passes out and they grab her and they walk her into a van. So like, obviously the guy in the umbrella had like a like poison yeah. dart or something in her umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> knocked her out. But yeah. So they, they take her back to her apartment and they plan to stage a, a home invasion to make it look like she was killed during during a robbery. But on their way into the building, they get stopped by one of her neighbors, who, by the way, she spends an inordinate amount of time at the beginning of this movie watching other people in the neighborhood as they're going about their day-to-day business. She sees the Mm -hmm. one dude. She sees the guy that's her boyfriend. She sees the people at the food truck. She pays attention to that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And, And... I really kind of love that idea that we're always being monitored, whether it's by Kimmy or by somebody else in your neighborhood who's just noticing what's going on, right? There's always that person mm-hmm. who's in the window, like going, hmm, what's happening around here, you know? And and it just, it kind of spoke to me a little bit. I, I really enjoyed that part of the movie early on. And it pays off here because we do see this guy early on. And he interrupts them and it's like, he's like, oh, hey, Angela, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. But then they stab him and they drag him into the apartment with her. And oh, no, she she runs off when he gets stabbed, but they catch yep. up to her and then they bring it. They go. Into the, yeah, there's a guy already in the apartment. Too, there's right? a guy in the apartment. So yeah. she gets in. But then. Right. Right. Yeah. The, she gets in and she locks guy. everything. Yeah. The other guy yeah. is in there and he knocks her out and. Then, then they tie him. Or they don't tie him up. They just leave him on the couch. He's the yeah. Kevin's bleeding out, and she's there, you know. And then she has this uh, MacGyver moment where she, you know, she uses Kimmy to shut off the lights and play Beastie Boys, and you know, so this part escape. here. Yeah. While I like it, I'm mm-hmm. also thinking 
do they not after she says Kimmy shut off the lights and then yeah. as soon as she says Kimmy again yeah why aren't they doing something they just stand and let her say Kimmy like four different times or why don't they just say Kimmy turn the lights back on Kimmy stop playing Beastie Boys right whatever something. right they don't and, and, <laughs> anyways and, but it's okay I still like the scene I I enjoyed the scene as well but it is a failing of that third act where right that they have an easy way to fix this right but they don't they don't take that and uh, she climbs up into the upstairs, which is set up early on as being a constructing construction area. And she finds a nail gun and she uses the nail gun by duct taping the, uh, there's a little safety catch on the nail gun. So she duct tapes mm -hmm. that safety catch and just goes Rambo on these guys. And also, my question with the air gun, with the nail gun. Yeah. Is earlier, it was an air nail gun because it was hooked up to a pressure tank. Yeah that yeah. she that's why she was complaining of all the noise right but now it doesn't need the, tank the pressure here. tank i thought those nope. needed pressure tanks again third act kind of falls apart a little bit here okay when it comes to this stuff <laughs> i mean yeah. again i thought it was cool what was happening right. but i'm yeah. like wait a minute <laughs> yeah yep i agree so she kills the people and then terry she had she'd planned to have terry come over anyway and terry shows up but mm -hmm. she's calling 911 and there's dead people in the apartment and Terry's kind of like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but she, you know, she manages to call 911 and I'm assuming things go well because the next time we see them, she's actually must be within a very short period of time because those flowers he had are still fresh still on, the on the table. Yeah, they're still on the table. And so it, in a very quick succession, she's okay with being outside again. Yeah. So Kimmy's gone. Those flowers are in its place and right. she has dyed her hair pink. Yeah. Now she's dyed her blue. hair. She's different color hair and she's outside. She's going to the food truck and we do this crazy eighties sitcom freeze frame at the end of the movie. <laughs> Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah. I was like, what? So Is there a last movie here? had me all the way up to the end, the end, like you said, I feel like it fell apart. And then it was such an abrupt ending. And I was yeah. like, wait, wait, what? I know. I, I, I mean, they finished it all up and that's fine, but it just, yeah. it was like, run, 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 stop. <laughs> you right. Know? And there's some logical very leaps. Sudden. Yeah. There's some logical leaps that I don't like in this either. Like there, I mean, why didn't she just go to the FBI to begin with when they were giving her the runaround? Or why didn't she call the cops? Call the FBI. That's the first thing I, yeah. she should have done when her supervisor uh, yeah. was like, no, 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 you have to go and see this. Shut up, kids, blah, blah, blah. She should have been like, all right, FBI field office, phone call, done. You don't even have to go outside. Your agoraphobia doesn't have to be a thing, you know? Yeah. So, do you know what I found out when I was doing a little bit of research here? And I don't know if I don't know if I'm going to step on your stuff. So maybe I won't bring this up if you don't bring no, it up. No, go ahead, because I have already talked about all my stuff I found. So oh, you have? You, okay, you so, go for it. Okay, so the cinematographer and the editor for this movie are Peter Andrews and Marianne Bernard, who are actually Steven Soderbergh. Those what? are those are pseudonyms for Steven Soderbergh. He used them so that he can put his name on the cinematography and the editing for this movie. He did almost everything except write this movie. Why didn't he just movie. have his name on it? It's just a thing he does. That's it's weird. It's just a thing he does. Yeah. Yep. It's he's very he's very like avant-garde in certain ways, mm. you know? Like he'll That's do weird, like but blockbuster okay. movie. He'll do blockbuster movies to like make some cash here and there, but his I think his real talent lies in like smaller pictures like this or like more personal like drama like type films. 
So, yeah. Yep. But what I was going to say was the, the thing about this movie is that it bears striking resemblance to an Alfred Hitchcock movie, Rear Window, where James Stewart witnesses a murder across the way. He's, he is housebound because he has uh, broken his leg while he's out on, he's a photographer. And while he's out on assignment, he breaks his leg and his hip and he has to be in a cast. And so he's in a wheelchair and he is kind of, while he's in the wheelchair, he's kind of absorbed by like the, the goings on in the apartment complex that he lives in. So he sees like all kinds of stuff happening. There's a girl exercising. There's a lady who, a lady and a husband who have a dog that drop, they bring the dog down by a basket and the dog is trained to like run around and all this stuff. But he witnesses a murder or he thinks he witnesses a murder and he has to do this, this whole thing to try and figure it out and then report it to the cops. And this movie has her witnessing a murder, basically, and her looking around the windows all the time and housebound by a different for a different reason, but housebound. I feel like this might be Steven Soderbergh's homage to Rear Window. No, it doesn't play out could the be. same way. Yeah, yeah it could be. Yeah. I know I felt like when I was watching this, it's like I've seen this story before. I think versions of a story like this has been told several times. Oh, yeah, definitely. Just definitely. in different formats, because it did feel like a very familiar story. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Now, how did you feel about COVID being such a major part of this? Because I mean, she spends a lot of time like sanitizing, there's people in masks and they, I think you said this was filmed during COVID, right? Right. Because they were trying, like they had to do special things behind the scenes to do their COVID precautions and stuff like that. So it, I don't know if it was in the full blown lockdown, but it was definitely in where they still had to be following certain rules. So sure. Sure. I would, I would say that it seems like this is also a, a bit of a commentary on people's reluctance to emerge from the, the COVID cocoon in certain scenarios. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are people who even now don't want to go out and interact with people in person, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I I kind of, I kind of like that they're addressing that in a way, Mm -hmm. but again, again, the way that they ended it was. I, I do like what you're saying with how they address it with the COVID. Well, I don't want all the movies to address COVID related things. I just don't want to, because I, I am like everybody else. It's, it's, very exhausting, very tiring. It's it's kind of a tough thing to be going through. Thankfully, we're kind of coming out on the back end, hopefully here. Yeah. But I do like how they did it in this movie because oh. they made it part of the story. Mm-hmm. Like it was it, but it wasn't the prominent part of the story. It was just kind of background stuff. So it just kind of made it feel like this is something that was going on, you know? Well, sure. Yeah. No, I guess what I meant was that this is kind of an examination of people's like mental state during right. and after post, like just post COVID. Right. And, and I, I get that. that. Yep. I think that they, I think that this is kind of what we're going to see for a little bit, because we do see stuff like that when we have like a major national like trauma or, or, or event we, you know, the film industry tends to respond in kind. After 9-11, there were all kinds of themes, 9-11 themes, 
and national anxiety themes in films for probably a good 10 years after that. So buckle up, I guess is what I'm saying, because we're going to have some COVID stuff for a while now. I'm guessing probably not our superhero movies, but like stuff like this. Yeah, you're going to see it. It's going to be around, you know? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't bother me, I guess. I no, I, no. I think it's fine. And I, I do understand what you're saying, too. I mean, even me, myself, mm-hmm. well, I didn't have a huge thing going out afterwards. There's been times where like, there's a lot of people around and I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't feel real comfortable right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. Now, what did you think of the way that the uh, tooth came back to play? (laughs) It didn't. Yes, it did. With him slapping her. Yes. They used it to torture her. He specifically points it out. He specifically points it out and he, he uses could have just slapped keep... her and nah. that's been it. I, I don't that. think that paid off. Come on. I don't think that was a payoff. No. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. No. How do you not think that's a payoff? What are you talking no, about? No, because she has he just fake. basically slapped her and he could have just slapped her anyways to get, you know, what he wanted out of her. The toothache, I don't think really came into play. But you already know that she's in pain. So if somebody were to smack you in the tooth, when you smack you in the tooth, like he opened her mouth and like flicked her in the tooth, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Smack it. Yeah. Smack her in the side of the face with the tooth. If somebody did that to you, it would hurt like a lot more than just a regular slap, I guess is what I'm getting at. He didn't need eh, to, ex- what I'm saying yeah. is he didn't need to exert a lot of force to get her attention when it came to, you know, when it came to giving pain. Sure. You know? ah, anyway, I thought it was, sure. a, I thought it was a nice subtle payoff is what I thought. I don't think it paid off. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree. Well, (laughs) you're wrong. (laughs) All right. Agree to disagree. You're not right. I'm not wrong. So anyway. Wait, what? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I'm not not 100% sure where I was going with that. Okay. So you don't have anything else then? You have no other other trivia or anything like that? The only other thing I wanted to ask you is, do you recognize the actor who plays Kevin? The actor who plays Kevin. I don't remember his face, so I'm gonna have to look him up, but I won't look right. at, I won't look at his IMDB. I'll just look at his face, okay? So give me a second. Devin Raytray? Yeah. Devin Retray? No, I do not recognize him. Should I recognize him? This is the him? same actor who plays Buzz in Home Alone. Okay, I would have never made that connection because <laughs> I don't remember who Buzz is in Home I just Alone. thought it was funny that his name was Kevin. Okay. Oh, oh, sure. Because the kid's name was Kevin in the, okay. His name was Kevin. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Sure. Sure. I would have There's (laughs) just no way that I would have gotten. I wouldn't have either. That came up when I was doing my research and I was like, oh, that's that guy. And and his name's Kevin. And like you said, he's homebound because he was, (laughs) he was homebound as well. Right. He was like her. And that's why he looked her up to see. Right. Yeah. That's why he knew that there was something going on. Yep. That's interesting <laughs> that's interesting okay all right well okay so if you don't have anything else then i guess let's do it let's let's ask what would is this a keep a rent or a in a race for you i'm gonna call this a rent okay i liked most of it okay i was entertained through most of it sure but the ending man they just didn't stick that very well right so I, I, that's where I'm like, eh, I don't know if I would put this on a shelf and pull this out on a regular basis to watch. I'd maybe watch it every 
once every couple of years, maybe, I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it again, maybe once or twice, but then I'm probably done. So I'd say definitely a rent. It's not bad enough to erase. It was still enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I'm going to go with rent. Okay. How about you? Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. I would also say it's a rent for me. It's not bad enough to erase. It is definitely not Steven Soderbergh's best, but it's not his worst, not by a long shot. It's, it's a fairly serviceable pandemic era thriller with, like you said, issues in the final act, problems sticking the landing as it were. But, but yeah, I mean, I still enjoyable. And, and I got to point it out. Zoe Kravitz did, like you said, an amazing job. She did good. I like She's her. a fantastic actor. I've seen her in a few things now, and I really, really enjoy her work. She is the daughter of Lenny Kravitz. Mm-hmm. And Lisa Bonet, I did not know that until I looked into it a little bit further. I mean, seriously, I kind of you th- didn't know that? That's well, like I, literally everywhere. <laughs> I, I don't read any of that stuff. Come on, God, why do I don't read any of that garbage? I don't read like <laughs> like what do you call it? Those rags or whatever. I don't know. I don't pay any attention to that stuff. I know I've seen her in other things, but I think these are the like more recently. You know, it, wait a minute, isn't she in the Fantastic Beasts? movies yes she's in the second one who is she in the second one she plays the like the fiance and all of of oh what's his name the brother of newt anyways it was yeah theseus Theseus. and then newt newt and her kind of had a thing when they were in school oh so she wasn't in the new one she was just in the second one because did they recast her because that character. No, I thought she died one. in the second one. Didn't Did she, she die in the second one? Oh my God. I'm mixing up the second one with the third one. I think the second one, she walked through that flame to try and get to Grindelwald. Oh, and then she yeah, burned up. It's been right. a while since I've seen that now, you're but right. I think that's what happened. Yeah, you're right. She's in the Batman. She plays uh, Catwoman and she does a fantastic job in that movie too. She you was in Big Little that Lies. That's an HBO series. She was pretty good in that. Yeah, also. not watching that. I don't watch TV shows for the most part. So No, but I'm just saying that she was in that okay. too, and she was very good there too. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so Rents for both of us. Not a bad movie, not the best movie, but yeah, give it a give it a watch if you're into, if you're looking for something to watch and you got HBO Max. And it's short, so yeah, it's 90 minutes. a quick watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, quick watch. You'll have a good time, I think. You, just, you know, my mother, when I was a kid, used to say when I was when I wanted when she wanted me to eat my vegetables, close your eyes and pretend it's ice cream. And if you close your eyes and pretend the ending is good, you'll be fine. So <laughs> it's I don't know if it's that bad, but it's not that yeah. bad. No, I just I wanted to make the joke. But. <laughs> so what are we watching next? All right. I'm excited for this one. Why? Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, OK. That's the one that might have Professor X in it. I'm kind of excited about that idea myself. Mutants in Marvel Cinematic Universe. I feel like this could either be a really good movie or just a hot mess. I mean, there's so much <laughs> that I've seen in the trailers that I'm like, okay, I hope they get this right because they. it seems like they're throwing a lot in here. So hopefully they got a tight story. Yeah, this is either going to be the greatest thing that's ever happened or, or the terrible. worst. Yeah, or the worst. There is, there's honestly, there's no, no in between. There's no in between. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you next week for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness right here on the couch. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to A View from the Couch. We value your feedback. Please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, 
iTunes, or your preferred podcast listening app. You can reach us on Facebook by searching at A View From The Couch, on Twitter at View underscore Couch, or by emailing us at A View From The Couch at Yahoo.com. Thanks again for listening. Bye. See ya.